arrive again in your heart. That determination that seeks what is beyond the senses. Let it stir in your mind. Let it awaken to its original, passionate, determined nature. Try to recall that event that inspired you to first form that thought. And once you feel it, try to hold on to it. Let it take over your body. Let it take over your mind. Until you become, in your entire being, that determination itself. feeling which these words somewhat describe, determined to achieve, determined to accomplish the welfare of all, I shall accomplish the highest state. Let it be more than just words. you feel it in your mind, in your body, let it itself inform the body as to how it should behave, how it should position itself so that the meditative state that you need to get to the accomplishment of this determination, the body will naturally find itself going towards that posture. Just let that emotion sink into the body, holding strongly to it. Simply bring your attention to your legs and just let your legs go to the posture that is conducive to meditation. Bring it to the hands and let the hands go to that place that is conducive to meditation. The elbows, the shoulders, the back. They are naturally seeking a place that is comfortable and at the same time as a sense of stability where you don't need to consciously have to hold any part of the posture in place. The head and neck centered and start to feel the sense of tranquility in the body itself, a sense of ease, stabilizing, getting stronger, 
about deep tongue resting in the natural places. So no need to clench the teeth, no need to have the jaws loose. No need to press the tongue against the roof of the mouth. for you. For some, open is conducive. For others, closed is conducive. And yet others, half opened is conducive. Whichever is conducive for you, adopt that posture. Let yourself be aware of that sense of ease again in the posture, in the body itself. Be aware of how it's stabilizing or getting deeper. And let that determination that was so alive before occupied most of your conscious mind. Let it sit back in the background. Still there, but in the background. And you are now turning your attention to your breath. And in between these two is the mindfulness of that sense of ease that you felt and started to feel in your body. attention to the breath is only having the intention to simply follow the breath. As you breathe in, you know you are breathing in. As you breathe out, you know you are breathing out. No intentions to control the breath, no intentions to force the mind to focus, no intentions to even do anything about distractions if there are any. If you are aware that you know that you are breathing in as you are breathing in, and you know that you're breathing out as you are breathing out, then you are doing your job. If there are other senses, other things that your senses are picking up, don't worry about trying to chase them. Don't worry about trying to stop them. Just make sure that as you are breathing in, you know you're breathing in. As you're breathing out, you know you're breathing out. And under this knowledge, under this awareness, there's the mindfulness of the sense of ease. And behind all of it is that determination. That emotion that the words determine to accomplish the welfare of all. These words somewhat 
sky. having two intentions, one strengthening the other. The intention to simply follow the breath and the intention to keep the continuum of the mind that is following the breath unbroken. And again, no intention to, no added intention to force the mind to focus. No added intention to do anything about distraction. No added intention to control the rhythm of the breath. Once you know one cycle, no two unbroken, no three, and try to keep this continuum of awareness unbroken following 11 cycles of breath.
now let the awareness of the sense of ease come to the foreground of the mind. Be aware of its depth. Is it the same as before when you were first aware of it? Is it now deeper than before? And be aware of how you feel the sense of ease in the breath, in the mind itself. bring to the foreground again that determination. And while you're holding on to that determination, focus your attention in the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows, at about a prime, an arm's length distance from you, or frustrations distance from you. Holding on to that determination in the foreground, and behind that is the mindfulness of the sense of ease. And in front of this determination, we have an inquisitive state of mind. Mind looking for something. Looking for the means through which you will accomplish your determination, the objectives of your determination. How will you accomplish the welfare of all beings? Through what means? What is it that when you depend on it will infallibly take you to that place? And your inquiry is sincere, focusing in that space. when you will have achieved that state where you are able to bring the ultimate welfare for all beings, what did you depend on? Who did you depend on? And feel that presence appearing in that space. Appearing in a form made entirely of light a form taken specifically because of your disposition, a form that when you become in contact with it, you are immediately inspired. Feel yourself in the presence of that form. find within you that measure of conviction, no matter what the measure may be, slight, immense, somewhere in between, the measure of conviction that you are indeed in the very presence of your infallible means to achieve your goal. Holding on to that measure of conviction, in your mind, show your reverence, frustrate, holding on to that measure of conviction. Now entrust yourself, place yourself under the guidance and protection of your infallible guide. 
infallible means for you to achieve your goal. And strengthen your faith that you have all that you need to accomplish this goal. that measure of conviction. Finally, the means to achieve the highest that you can ever achieve is right in front of you. As real as the lines in the palm of your hand. sense of gratitude. Out of that sense of gratitude, make offerings. Offer what makes you happy. Whether there are things that you own, things unowned by anyone, even the things which exist only in your imagination. What is obstructing you? To help clear your conscience, to help remove the obstacles, know that those obstacles are there due to your own efforts. So admit your faults, admit the actions committed under the influence. obstacles weren't consciously sought after. You got them because of the force of habit. So you cannot rely on these habits. So that sense of reliance, you place it on your infallible guide to protect you from what you are already experiencing, from what you will experience in the future as an obstacle. Trust yourself for guidance and for strength. Feel that measure of strength. Again, doesn't matter what that measure may be. 
then depending on your capacity, make a promise to be strange in the future, that you will not, for whatever measure of time, allow your actions to be guided by your weaknesses or a specific weakness. to the sincerity of this promise, again you feel a sense of lightness, a sense of strength, almost as if you feel you have the energy to make a promise to stop forever, but don't make that promise. Use that energy instead to make a promise to do something, to make up. that you will do until you see and feel signs of being purified. Now you should feel a sense of lightness, a sense of being relieved of a burden. And let your mind rejoice. Feel the refined quality of this mind that is rejoicing. And strengthen it by letting the mind to great joy in goodness, in all measures of merit, yours and others, the merits of those for whom it is difficult to do merits of those who are, who have completely transformed themselves into a force for the benefit of others. your heart go out through all beings, look at their conditions, the sufferings that they're forced to endure, the happiness that keeps eluding them. And this naturally raises compassion in your heart. It arouses love in your heart for them. Let this love and this compassion take its natural course. And while you are embracing all beings with your compassion and your love for them, you turn your attention to your infallible guide. Immediately you feel connected to all enlightened beings through your guide. Feeling this connection for the sake of all beings, you ask, please, may all these enlightened beings come into the lives of sentient beings. 
teach them how to truly end their pain that they are desperately wishing to be free from. Teach sentient beings how to truly find happiness that they are doing all they can to find. And to remain in their lives for as long as it takes. And follow the momentum of this and wish for yourself to be empowered to participate in this. Look at the meditation that you're about to do. Now direct the momentum of the positive energy you've gained so far to help you succeed in your meditation by dedicating the merit. teacher in front of you. You see the very embodiment of all that you aspire to achieve and you wish to be closer. So you ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head. Immediately you feel that bright presence facing the same direction as you are on top of your head. And make very strong wishes to be free of all obstacles. Make very strong wishes to gain the realizations you seek. Let this strong wish be in form of begging, pleading your teacher for blessings. certain point, you aspire now not to just be close, but to become inseparable. And by the power of this aspiration, the form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light, descends through the crown of your head, then whatever being inseparable means to you, focus on that with affirmation that you have achieved this inseparability.
turn your attention back to your breath. Staying aware of the breath, let it guide you to become aware of your body once more. Eight verses of uh, mind training. Uh, we've reached verse five, I think. Uh, in some uh, versions of the of the text, uh, one version uh, what one makes as verse five, the other one makes as verse six, and they reverse them. Uh, I think I use the one that uh, rever- what you might call reverse. <laughs> okay. The last time we talked about the verse where you asked to. Uh, view, sentient, view those who are very difficult, especially those who, who, uh, who have betrayed you, and to view them in such a way where the natural reaction that you would have when someone you see yourself as being betrayed, and instead of seeing, instead of having that natural reaction, you're asked to cultivate a certain view of that person so that you can even use such betrayal as a means to further develop your your spiritual path to uh, further develop uh, the mind of enlightenment. Okay, and uh, this one I think is much more difficult than the the verse that asks you to see those who are uh, misbehaving or those who may have uh, uh, done something bad to you to see them as, as a someone as as though you found someone rare uh, to not someone rare uh, to give away. The victory to them and and take on the the take on the, the loss yourself. Okay, so the the version that places the taking on the victory and giving away and uh, taking on the loss and giving away the victory that one seems to be uh, more in sync with, with the flow of the eight verses. As you would notice, uh, the verses sort of ask you to develop sentiment, develop attitudes that where you're all by yourself and you don't have to really worry about anyone and uh, the other sentient beings that you are considering are already more of an abstract. And then it gets less abstract, less, less a- abstract until you're, you're, the, the verse gets to either whichever verse, uh, version you're using, it gets to one of these where you're asked to deal with someone who, uh, that you've dealt with, that you've uh, had direct connection with. Someone who is not just an abstract person who lives on planet Mars who's thinking bad thoughts about you. 
But this is someone who you know, whom you trust, who, 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 um, from whom you have the, uh, the expectation that, is, that you're going to get something good from them. Instead, they completely turn, uh, uh, stab you in the back. They, they, they harm you. And the verse uh, uh, further uh, paints the picture where the, the person, it's not like the person is overwhelmed by some delusion, uh, uh, some conventional, I have to say, some conventional delusion, and they harm you, and then they wake up and they oh, what did I do to, to, to my best friend? But this person does this without any reason whatsoever. There's no justification for, for that. It's not like they saw you walking, and then the, uh, you turn around, and somehow because of the, the lighting situation, they saw you say something nasty to them or something. And they, and they think, oh, oh, and they think of having revenge, and they're taken over by, by some sort of anger. But without any reason whatsoever, without any justification, they stab you in the back. You're expecting something, you benefited them in the past, and then you expect that at least they won't harm you in return. Instead, they harm you. So, how, what do you do when you encounter such situations? You will encounter them if, you're not, if you have not already encountered them. And the way you deal with this, can all, uh, if you deal with it one way, it will further, uh, it will, uh, further your, your, you having to uh, go around in the cycle of suffering. But if there's a, there's a, there's a way that the verse asks you to, to regard this, so that you can use this as a means for you to uh, 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 catapult you out of, out of samsara. So you can use it as a means to actually get you to enlightenment. So how should you regard this, this situation? And the verse asks you to see this person, your best friend who betrayed you, stabbed you in the back. See this person as your spiritual guide. See this person as your precious spiritual teacher. This is your guru. Now, if you've been on a spiritual path for some time now, you know that uh, the guru, the lama, the, the spiritual guide, if, if there is any, uh, uh, if you can have any prejudice <laughs> towards someone whom you should like more than anybody else, that's the person. There, you won't uh, err much. You won't make that much. Of, uh, the mistake will not be that much if you happen to like your guru more than you like other people. Okay, that one is, is, is not too much of, of a you know like a biasness, or you like your guru more than others, thinking being you're a bad person. No, that is that is actually uh, accepted. It's an accepted. Uh, it's a flaw that is accepted. If you like your guru more than other people, okay, and your guru can actually use this to actually help you get better. Okay. Uh, to help you get better on the path. So now, this verse is asking you to look at this, uh, what's that term? Backstabber <laughs> as the most precious person in your, in your life. The most precious person that you could ever encounter in your life. You have been asked to view this backstabber as that kind of person. Okay. Now, this is the most difficult Thing that the eight verses is asking you to do. If you haven't already developed that relationship with, 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 with such a person or with such a being, I would say, 
then perhaps uh, you can say, oh, that, uh, that person is just teaching me, teaching me a lesson. In that way, you can think of that person as a teacher. But it doesn't say, oh, take this as a lesson. Le- uh, uh, learn, this, learn a lesson from this person, and, and, and in such a way, this person is your teacher. But you say to view this person, regard this person, this backstabber. <laughs> backstabber. Now, not just as some random person in the street who happens to bump into you, and you know, you're never going to meet that person again, but your best friend. The, the, the person that we feel justified, ah, oh, finally, I have found a proper object to hate. <laughs> okay? I mean, a stranger who bumps into you, they don't know you. I mean, why should you wait, waste your hate on such a person? But a best friend who betrays you, who backstabs you, that is a proper object to, to, to invest your energy of hate on. I mean, that's how we feel. Okay? Wait, wait, wait a minute. The, the verse then says you have found the proper object to hate. It says, see this person as the proper object to adore, to worship even. Because we, the sentiment that we have for our teacher is a sentiment of worship. If there, is any, if there is a being in the universe that is deserving of worshiping, it's the teacher. And that's why in, uh, in, in, in many... Uh, the, uh, in many uh, other, almost in every, what you might call a yogic tradition, whether it is Buddhist, Hindu, Sufism, or whatever other yogic tradition, the one who is teaching you the path, it is said to be, this is the goal itself coming into your life and teaching you. So if the goal is to be one with God, so if God is, has taken form and is now your personal friend, so you're supposed to regard this person in this way. So, your backstabber is God incarnate. Your backstabber is the Buddha having appeared in your life. If you're having difficulty really coming up with the real sentiment of, 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 of what the verse is asking you, then you're on the right track. That means you really value this person who's called a teacher, and you really see how you were stabbed in the back. You're not, the verse is not asking you to to dismiss it. The verse is not asking you to bury it somewhere in, in, in your unconscious mind and then put, put a, a layer on top of it, you know, a pretense, oh, that's my teacher. Okay. You're supposed to really see that person stabbing in, in, in the back. And you're, supposed, and, you, and you're supposed to have a true appreciation of what the guru is supposed to be. Okay. And you're supposed to merge those two people. Now, how do you do that? Now, you can go from, uh, or oh, this, I'm being taught a lesson, and quickly say that in your mind before, uh, if, you, if, if dwelling on it any, any, uh, for any further length of time only brings up anger, just say that, oh, I'm being taught a lesson, and then let it go. And when your mind is recalling it, and then the anger is starting to uh, come up, and, or you remember that verse, and then you want to say, oh, and you just repeat it. Oh, I, I was being taught a lesson. Okay. So, the thing is, don't allow this to be what it is for, for ordinary people, for, in an ordinary, in ordinary circumstance. A means to incite anger. A means to incite hate. A means 
to bring into your mind the very poison that will undermine everything that, you, that you've done. This is the antithesis of a bodhisattva, to have any sense of dislike for even the worst kind of sentient being. To have, to have this monster. Uh, that's why in some verses it is said that uh, desire is not the enemy of the bodhisattva. It's actually sometimes it's a friend because desire brings you close to someone, to another sentient being. Not that desire, I'm not, not saying that, you know, go around that desire, run and loose in your mind, because you want to go to have a path. <laughs> but, uh, when you compare desire and hatred, hatred is your enemy. And any, and, uh, so it's not the person who is inciting the hatred, which is, which is your problem. It is the hatred that is, that is somehow using this as, as, as an opportunity to get cozy in your mind as an opportunity to, oh, ooh, let me live here now. You should hate that person. Look what he did to you. Look what he did to you. Look what you did to them. Look what he did for them. Look what he did for them. And look what he repay you. And then the hatred is you know, letting you, uh, you know, open more rooms in your mind. You know, now, the, the, instead of being outside the door, begging uh, for, for crumbs, now they're inside. They're no longer just sleeping on the couch. Now they're, you know, taking over your bedroom. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, if you're not careful, you might find yourself outside <laughs> and have taken over your house. Okay? You have to be very careful. And all, this, all the work that you've done, at least if you don't believe in past lives, at least in this life, all the hard work that you've done, all those other difficult people that you, you train yourself to put up with, that's hard work. Okay? And not hard work in the sense that it is hard work to do that, but you know, it's the momentum that you're fighting against. You've, you know, the society taught you when someone harms you, this is a natural way to do. Beat them up, you know, hurt them back, make sure you hurt them. Not, the exact, not exactly the way they, hit, they, they hurt you, hurt them more. So that they don't, they don't come back. And we believe this. Even though we may, be, you know, uh, we, we, we may read books about love, we read books about compassion, those are very nice sentiments, and we wish we could find someone that we can really love. We wish we could find someone that we can have real compassion for. And then we have this idea that when, when we hear, like, so-and-so uh, uh, did this, uh, uh, committed this atrocious action, and we think, and we think this person doesn't deserve compassion. This person doesn't deserve love. And we think we are right in thinking this way. Okay. So we've fought against all these natural momentums, all these natural uh, 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 habits, where, we, where we've actually reversed this, this flow where we actually, when someone uh, was being difficult on the subway, at least we don't think, oh, I wish somebody, you know, slapped this person and slapped this person, or uh, I wish this person got off the train, I wish this person, you know, stop bothering the peace of my mind. As, instead of reacting this way, at least we're, we're, we find ourselves, at least, even if we are saying the words, oh, I wish this person was happy, I wish this person whatever is making this person suffer, I wish this person was no longer suffering. At least we are saying these, at least in words. We are fighting, we fought the momentum that makes us think the opposite. That's a lot of work. Okay? And then, all of a sudden, the, the, the real test of having fought against this momentum is someone that we've allowed, we made ourselves vulnerable to. Someone that we've, uh, we've allowed to love, ourselves to love. We've allowed ourselves to have compassion for. 
someone that we would, you know, uh, we wouldn't uh, could be concerned about watching our backs when we are in that person's presence. And what did that person do? That back that we turned, that person stabbed it. Okay. Now, it's like all those work that you've done, if you allow hatred for this person to come into your mind, if you give it justification, then all that work you've done before, for all those many years, all those many, uh, uh, believe me, it's been lifetimes. Okay? You want to believe me? Okay, never mind. <laughs> believe me, you didn't just start in this life. Okay? It's been lifetimes that you've been reversing this, 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 nat- this uh, 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 seemingly natural uh, flow, this natural uh, uh, compulsion. And now, you, all that work is in danger. So how do you protect your mind when you're forced, with this, when you're forced to face this situation? Think of this person as your spiritual teacher. If it's difficult for you to think of this person as your spiritual teacher, now remember, it's like you're meeting the, the, uh, the two most powerful people in, in your life right now. One powerful person or one powerful being can take you into nirvana, can take you into Buddhahood. One power, another one is powerful enough, if you allow the sentiments that, that it seems to come, will take you, drag you into hell. Or, and it doesn't matter if hell means uh, you're burning uh, in some place uh, for eon, or you just have to come back here again. Okay? Yeah, so these two hold that potential. So what, which one would you prefer to go to? Do you like it here? <laughs> like my teacher would say, do you like to suffer? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Why is it that you're not doing what you're told to do? Do you like to suffer? <laughs> you know, when i feeling uh, depressed, you know, I've been trying something and it seems not to work and I go complain to my teacher, can you give me another, another trick? And you're like, what's the with you? <laughs> you like to suffer? <laughs> okay. So when you when you face with these two uh, and look at these two as oh this is what this, this is what they, this is what this, these are the two choices I have in, in front of me: go to hell <laughs> or stay in hell or go to nirvana. Okay. So one way of dealing with this, where it's difficult for you to see this person as your spiritual teacher, just bring thought the thought of your spiritual teacher in your mind. Because you already have this wonderful way of relating with the teacher, and bringing that thought into your mind is like a is like a, a, a pacifier. Okay, it's like a, a, a an antidote when your mind is going crazy to just think about your teacher. Okay, and you think about your teacher, you know, your mind is pacified. You, your mind is thinking, oh, oh. You, know, you think about that wonderful feeling, you know, almost like being in love, and then. Now your mind is ready because you have the, te- the, the, the pacifying effect of thinking of a teacher in your mind. Then you can start thinking of, you can, you, you can even say a trick so that when you think of this person, it doesn't become a means for, it, for anger to come up, to think, oh, it's okay for me to come up now. So you can, you can just have those two thoughts happening one after the other. Okay? You think of a teacher. And then the person comes. You think of your teacher instead. You think of the person comes. You think of your teacher instead. And now your, you, your mind is sort of like uh, ready, is, is, uh, is capable of considering the person without being in danger 
of what this, what this person can naturally do to you. Then you can start doing tricks. Because that's what they are, okay? This is a training. It's a, you, you can say, eight tricks. <laughs> that's what they are. Eight, 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 eight tricks <laughs> to get to enlightenment. Okay? Eight tricks to keep the mind, of the mind that uh, uh, aspires for enlightenment. Okay? Here's the trick. Uh, think of this person in conjunction with the teacher. You can start thinking, uh, ah, I'm learning a lesson here. My teacher is teaching me something. You don't have to say that this person is my teacher and this person is teaching me something. You can say, my teacher is teaching me something through this person. Okay? And then your mind starts to take up the idea, oh, okay, my, uh, this person is connected with my teacher. Okay, now you made the connection. My teacher and this person, there's a connection. It doesn't have to be that one is the other. Okay? Because your mind is not going to believe it. You don't try to force your mind to believe it in the beginning. Okay? If you, if you create this artificial belief that it is your, your teacher, you're not going to help yourself. It must be real. And same way that you feel real enough that this is the object I must hate, this is the object that I must uh, uh, worship, in the same way it feels real to you, you must feel, when you say, this person is my teacher, it must be, as, it must, must be real for you too. Okay? Okay, so you must have to make a connection. This person is somehow connected with my teacher. My teacher sent this person to test me. Because my, what did my teacher teach me? Teach me how to be compassionate toward every being, every single sentient being. Not those who are nice, but every single sentient being. And this person is a sentient being. And then you can start thinking of this person now how this person... In, uh, you can start thinking of this person in a way where you start developing, developing compassion for this person. Okay? Your teacher sent this person. So this person is connected to you through the working or through the activity of your teacher. And you can think of this person. And this is your tricks for you for what? When this person comes in your mind, it doesn't become a natural mean for anger or for hatred to come to think, oh, now I, I, I can come live here. Okay? You don't want anger not even outside the door. Okay? You don't want anger anywhere close to you. Okay? That's your real enemy. So, you stop thinking, ah, how sad it is for this person that they betray someone who, who, uh, who, is, who, who wants their benefit. Someone wants to benefit them. And they are so messed up that they cannot behave a way even animals can uh, find natural to behave. When an animal finds someone else who benefits them, that animal naturally you know, think will want to protect that person, will want to, uh, uh, um, want to benefit that person in return. They don't have the, 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 the sense of, of betraying the person. So this is a human being, a precious human being, who cannot even, who is somehow so messed up that he cannot do something that is so natural to return kindness with kindness. Instead, somehow they, 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 they got so screwed up, they are, re, they, they, they are returning harm for, for kindness. And whether that person is religious, whether that person is spiritual, whether that person is uh, a philosopher, or whether that person is an atheist, whether that person is an atheist, not in the sense of, no, the classical thing, but you can think of a spiritual, someone who's against, who thinks spirituality is just a waste of time. That's the worst thing 
anybody can do. Even a very materialistic court will, will think that the person needs to be punished for that. Okay? So you can, you can start thinking of the person in such a way where instead you start to have compassion for that person. So when you think of that person, you feel pity for them. And that pity turns to real compassion. Okay? Then you can start thinking how this person, wow, at first, this person, when that person was in my mind, it was anger, the my enemy. The worst thing that would go through my mind was cropping into my mind. And now because I've thought of this person in a different way, now through this person, now I'm having compassion. Okay? So you can start saying, oh, I guess in a way this person taught me. And how this person taught you, it's not, uh, among all sentient beings, there are those who are easy to love, and there are those who are difficult to love. And now who you've encountered someone who is difficult to love. Okay? And now you're able to love a difficult person. You're able to love a difficult person. So that person now, that's what that person taught you. The person taught you how to love a difficult person. Okay? Then you can start thinking more and more how this person, oh, this person is really a teacher. Then you can, then when you say this person is a teacher, you're not just putting a superficial layer of thing in your mind so you can get to the next verse. Okay? So you actually feel that. You actually, you actually for you it's a reality. You can say to yourself, oh, this is the lesson that I learned from this. It's a real lesson. So this person taught me. Okay? And if, if the, remember, the main point is to protect your mind from hatred. If you've gone to that point where you think about this person, a sense of respect, a sense of you don't lose, your compassion doesn't go down, your love doesn't go down, uh, then you, you've done your job already. Okay? But if you want to go further, you can go further where you can really think of this person as your teacher. And that's, that, that, that's a bit more difficult. Okay? And you have to be really ready for that. Okay? Because you may, this person stab you once in the back and you go through this, I don't know, through this kind of therapy, self-therapy, where you don't have hate anymore in your mind and a year later, come, you know, uh, you, you, now you're, you're back, you're, you're able to think of this person without, you know, uh, 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 automatically grabbing a knife or something like that. <laughs> or, or calling a hitman or something. <laughs> so this is not the natural reaction anymore. So you're able to face this person and not have this, this kind of reaction. Instead, there's, uh, your compassion is, remains leveled. Okay. If you want, you can further strengthen this by thinking of, ah, uh, and these are the ways that you can think this person is my teacher. Not that from the person that this, 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 uh, this uh, uh, coming together of, of five parts. <laughs> no, yeah. this coming together of five parts from the moment that all these five parts came together, that, that was your teacher. You don't have to think of it that way. Okay? You can think of it as the moment where you had that struggle that moment in that person as being the teacher. And, you are not, and it, there won't be anything wrong with that. Okay. And to, because if you think that without directly knowing 
that this is my teacher in a sense that this person deliberately, because that person is an enlightened being, deliberately came into my life and say, okay, now it's uh, March 25th and uh, it's 2010. Okay, it's time to make that person uh, test their, their hatred. I'm going to stab him in the back. Okay? So you have to think of, 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 that, of that person as being that kind of an enlightened being. Okay? You don't have to go to that kind of fantasy. Okay? And, that, and that would be a fantasy. If you force your mind to believe it, your mind knows you're holding on to a fantasy. You have no direct knowledge that this person left Buddha land, uh, land of the thousand colored pe- peacocks, and then thought to myself, or thought to itself, okay, now it's time to teach the person the uh, lesson, and then that person emanated into your life. Okay? All that is your fantasy. And Buddhism has no place for such spe- speculations. Okay? And, and uh, you can think of, uh, was it Ananda? Yeah, Ananda, okay? Great, great Ananda. Uh, so, told the Buddha, wow, of all the Buddhas in the universe, you're the greatest. And, and the Buddha told Ananda, <laughs> Ananda! <laughs> Where did you get the gall <laughs> to make such a powerful statement? Did you interview each and every single Buddha? <laughs> Look at their qualities and say, oh, among the, okay, now I see the uh, Buddha Shakyamuni has this great the five quality, and then you make that statement? Okay, you're, you're, being, you're, you're being flattering, you're, but don't make, the, don't, make, don't make such statements and, and forcing your mind to think of them as if it's real. This person will stab you in the back, or is only the Buddha from, thousand, you know, from Buddha and thousand peacocks, uh, and then now it's emanating specifically to make you angry, so you can, don't go into that kind of fantasy. Okay. So you can think, I learned something from there. That person at that moment is my teacher. Okay? And that's it. You, you stop there. And that, there's nothing wrong with that because you learn something there. Okay? But if you make yourself, try to force yourself to believe something that you have no direct knowledge of, of until you become a Buddha, until you become a Buddha, maybe you find out, oh, this person maybe was a Buddha. Or until you become a Buddha, you find out, this person was really... Um, <laughs> something else. Something else. <laughs> I proud myself because that's something else I didn't allow him to make me uh, uh, destroy the path that means for me to come to this place where I'm now a Buddha. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, so you can, depending on which one you find more difficult, <laughs> so you can. Do you can uh, verse five and verse six? Verse five says, when you when uh, someone out of jealousy, uh, uh, you know the the, the the sentiment of wanting to take on the 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 victory, it's like when you're debating with someone, or when you're arguing with someone, and you know that you know whoever wins this argument, whoever wins this debate, is not going to make it. It's not going to make a difference. Okay, All right then the sense of just the egotistic wish of wanting to beat the person. You have to let it go. Take on the, take on the, 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 the loss and give the person the victory. Okay. And just for that purpose, okay, maybe later on when you become more and more wise, you will discover that I better, I better for, that, for the benefit of that person, I have to give them the loss. They have to experience the shame of losing. But until you are able to know that directly, take on the cross. <laughs> Give them the victory. Okay? 
and the next verse, which is to see uh, the person who stabbed you in the back as your, your spiritual teacher. Okay. So you can reverse them. Okay. And in either case, the sentiment must be real, must be really felt. At first it will be artificial. Then work with it more and more, more and more, and it becomes real. So that whenever, whoever comes into your mind, if it's a sentient being, the automatic, automatic reaction is, ah, an object of compassion, an object of, of love, no matter what they do to you. Ah, I'm not sure, uh, Master Shantideva, one of those verses that get people crying is, uh, I bow to, 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 that per- to that being who loves even those who seek to harm them. And you can really appreciate that when you can see yourself loving someone who was difficult to love. Then you can appreciate that love to really admire those who are able to love those who seek to harm them. Okay. Alright. Uh, 8.37. Time to... It was time. <laughs> about a few minutes ago. To go home. <laughs> but we'll just do a either review meditation or you can try to think of that person who may have stabbed you in the back and do that trick. <laughs> trick number five. Okay. <laughs> so this will be quick. So try to have a vivid memory of the sense of tranquility you felt before. As soon as the vividness of your memory gives you even a taste of this tranquility, Try to stabilize it by bringing your thinking into in your heart center. And observing five cycles of breath.
sense of tranquility in which you find yourself. And from within this tranquil state, again let your mind go to all beings and make a very strong wish, almost as if willing, that all who are suffering stop suffering, that all who are seeking happiness find true happiness. attention to your breath and dedicate the power of the tonight's merit to the achievement of your ultimate goal. And let the awareness of the breath guide you the awareness of the body once more. you. Mm-hmm.